So you've come here for the truth. Well, we've got the truth and nothing but the truth. Here are your hosts, Robert A. Bianchi and David J. Bruno. Welcome to WMTR Radio's Nothing But The Truth with your host Bob Bianchi and Dave Bruno, two lawyers, but not about law. Dave, not necessarily about law. We may have some legal people on it. It is a show about mindset, the importance of resiliency, navigating life's difficulties, and being a success. And we have, once again, another awesome guest. Not not only an awesome guest, another lawyer, but she's in a different capacity mm-hmm. now, and she's in, in business. This is Johanna Romera Baca. She's the founder of Bar Exam Coaching by Johanna. She went from failing to pass the bar exam in three states, Florida, Maryland, and Texas, and then leveraging the written portion. She is now on a mission to help shape the next generation of attorneys by helping them crush the written portion of the bar exam with her proven formula. Johanna didn't go into bar exam coaching right after passing the bar. She spent 15 15 years working as an immigration lawyer in Miami, Florida, and Houston, Texas, reuniting families one at a time by successfully handling their immigration needs. Johanna, welcome to Nothing But The Truth. It is a pleasure, and I can't wait for this interview. Thank you. Thank you, Bob and Dave. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. So, Johanna, I want to I want to jump off uh, right into it. We were talking before we started the show uh, about all things mindset and legal or whatever. But what I really loved about what I heard so far about your story, and as as I indicated to you, Dave and myself are going to be on the TEDx stage, and we're talking about um, one of the things I'm going to be talking about is taking advantage of opportunities when you may think things are not really working out the way you'd like them to work out or like you planned them, planned them to work out. Yet, if you keep your eye open, you may find a niche or, or something that, that inspires a passion, that inspires uh, an entrepreneurial impulse, that inspires the ability to be able to help many other people. And that's, ex- I think, kind of like what happened in your career. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, yeah, Bob. Um, sort of bar exam coaching fell on my lap, so to speak. Uh, during COVID, my, the office, the law firm where I worked, it shut down and I it coincided with my niece uh, in Massachusetts who was struggling to pass the bar exam and I offered to help her the best way I knew how and that was by leveraging the written portion of the bar exam and I ended up loving, loving to work with her and she said, Johanna, why isn't anybody teaching these things that you're teaching me? And right there, that something clicked. And I was already wanting to help the next generation of attorneys. I was always mentoring the law clerks at the firm where I worked. A month before COVID, I applied for a teaching position in one of the local law schools here in Houston. So, you know, it was it's the same plan, just something I could have never predicted. I thought I would teach a night legal research and writing class. And here we are now doing bar exam coaching. Yeah, just I, I just want so the audience understands, and I think this is where you're at. At least in New Jersey, there's two there's two parts to the bar exam. Essentially, there's the multi state exam, which I assume Texas has as well, and that's usually one day. And by the way, right, these bar exam multi states they're they're not like like three sentences. They're they're paragraphs long legal questions with very complex you know fill in the A B C D or E, and then the second day is an essay. Uh, portion or a, a long, we used to write it out in hand. I'm sure they do it with computers now. So 
I assume what you're saying is that you're in the space of helping them with their written aspect of of it. And talk to us why that's important, because I think a lot of people that listen to the show who are law students, because we have our career in law program that we're going to be starting up again, and they may say, well, when you take a bar prep course, don't they teach you that? What would be your response? Yeah, so the narrative, the current narrative is to focus on the multiple choice. So people graduate from law school, they start their bar prep course, and then they go crazy, crazy doing thousands of multiple choice questions. So even though the written portion also accounts for 50% of your score, you um, you go into the written portion underprepared. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I, after I failed the bar exam, I saw clearly that if I was ever going to pass the bar exam, it wasn't going to be on the points from the multiple choice. The shorter route and the faster route is to crush the written portion. Because the questions are more predictable, multiple choice questions are always a crapshoot, if I could say that. Mm -hmm. They look nothing like the ones that you've been studying. And so they pull the rug from under you. You just wasted hours and hours practicing multiple choice questions and putting all your eggs in that multiple choice basket when, in fact, the written portion is your ticket to a passing score. Yeah, just Dave, I don't know if the, is Texas the same way, at least when I took the bar in Jersey, on the essay section, you had to score a number of points. I forget if they give you three or five points per question. But if you issue identified wrong, if you didn't get the right issue, and by the way, on my bar exam, we all went out and did exactly what they tell you not to do, to talk after the morning session. And there was one question where half the people answered it as a property question and the other half of the people answered it as a contract question. So, you know, if you if you score a zero in Jersey on any question, the, you, you fail the exam outright. It doesn't make a difference even what. So you could have the, a perfect multi-state score on the multiple choice. But it, it's so important to concentrate on the essays because if you get a low mark on those essays, it could drag you down. That's essentially the space that you're in right now, taking care of that issue, right? Yes, your written score can drag you down. Uh, It's not, you can still get a zero. It depends on the state, but most states you can still technically, I guess if your multiple choice um, score is high enough, then your multiple choice score would carry you over in a sense. Mm -hmm. But the strategy that that I use is the opposite. The written portion, the points you earn there are the ones that are gonna carry you over. So even if your multiple choice is not there, even if it's average, you know, you can still pass the bar exam if you leverage the written portion. Sure. And for everyone, not, and for everyone, look, every bar exam in every state could be different too. With New Jersey is different from New York and Texas, et cetera. So it's going to be important for anybody looking at this to look at your state and what those requirements are. Johanna, so impressed by the transition. Um, because Bob referenced TEDx, and and one of my topics is the growth that we had post-COVID and the lessons that I learned in business. And I look at you as a 15-year attorney doing immigration work and having to pivot, having to change during that phase, this uncertainty for lawyers during COVID when courthouses shut down and phones stop ringing. It's just Look at that phase in your life. What about that uncertainty did you learn from in that transition that you made? Yeah, I think I've always 
followed my passions and what fulfills me. That's sort of been my north, my guiding light. And so my priorities, just like everyone else during COVID, shifted. And my priorities became um, my family and my financial independence. And so I just you know, ran with that, I ran with what was fulfilling my heart at the time, which was helping my niece and helping her pass the bar exam. Um, I had this superpower from working and writing for so many years. And that's I'm addicted to writing. I love writing. I love editing. I love helping people with their writing. I see a need for it. And so yeah, the pivot, it hasn't been, um, I don't know, I wasn't aware of the pivot. I just jumped into the pivot, if that makes sense, by following what fulfills the work that fulfills me. Yeah, and you have this superpower that you referenced, this skill set that is taking this written portion of the bar exam. But yet that skill set has nothing to do with marketing and social media and Instagram reels and Google ads and things like that. And, And I will say that that is how we discovered you is on those types of platforms and things that you're doing there. So how do you transition from a 15-year immigration attorney now going into this this marketing space? Where did you learn those skills? Oh, thank you, David. Thank you for acknowledging that because I've put in a lot of work. Like you nailed it. Those weren't my skills and they're still not my skills. I'm learning them every single day. And I've taken a lot of coaching. I've invested in a lot of uh, business coaches and personal um, coaches in the personal growth space. I've also leaned on my faith. If that's one of the blessings that came out of this um, pandemic, I turned to God and I asked for help and doors have opened and guides and mentors have been um, put in my in my space and opportunities and podcasts like yours and it's been great i i see here from uh, your personal background that uh you are originally from nicaragua and then you also lived in costa rica and honduras and that your dad your grandfather and your great-grandfather were also attorneys and educators tell me a little bit about that background and what influence they had because uh, i think that makes your pivot into what you do now even more profound because you come from a lineage of legal people uh, probably in a very traditional sense so you were leaving the comfort of that tradition you grew up with yes yes and at the same time they were also university professors so i didn't uh, meet my grandpa or my great grandpa Um, But my dad, after he retired, he was in-house counsel for a big um, um, multi-national corporation for many years, and he retired, and then he went into teaching at the local law school in in Honduras. My parents are in Honduras. And so, and then my, I always heard stories of my grandpa and my great-grandfather being both attorneys and teaching at their local law schools. So I sort of have, my dad just retired. He's 85 years old and he now retired from the law school. So he's double retired. He retired a million years ago from in-house counsel. And now just now he, he was also helping shape the next generation of attorneys. So, you know, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think, yeah. 
Yeah, it does. And, and you know what? Well, I want to tell you more about the family on the other side. But unfortunately, we have to take a quick break. But we're going to be back on the other end. You're listening to WMTR Radio's Nothing But The Truth. At the Bianchi Law Group, our team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys specialize in criminal defense and domestic violence cases. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law Group today. Welcome back to WMTR Radio's Nothing But The Truth by Bianchi D. Bruno. So, Johanna, Johanna, you have uh, a, a dad, a grandfather, a great-grandfather that were in the legal field. Um, I, too, um, we talk about this on the break, have a 91-year-old father who still is in the legal field. And um, it was such a, a uh, obvious influence. I, I see here you reference the idea that you would listen to your father when he would be dictating legal memos and things of that nature to his secretary. And that's very similar to the experience I had. I, you know, I, I got such an education and probably knew more about the feeling of the law and how to navigate the law just by osmosis because it was always around me. Was that your experience as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. The way he tackled problems. So any problem, even if it's not a legal problem, I think it's the same thought, pro- the same yeah, thought process and framework that he ran it through. So you're right. By osmosis, we learn how to think like a lawyer at a very young age. Did you always want to be a lawyer growing up watching your father? No, I went to college and I started out as an architecture major. And um, I took one class on international law. And again, following my passion, as soon as I took that class, it just hit me that I was in the wrong <laughs> in the wrong major and I immediately called my parents and told them I was switching. What what drew you to immigration? I mean, when you talk about international law, is that the immigration law that you ended up practicing in? So after college, I went to work for a law firm in DC, Patton Boggs, and my mentors there, my mentor worked both in the international trade group and in the immigration group. And then in the immigration group, I was able to handle more substantive work. And so that's how I became more interested in immigration. So even I just had more, you know, I wasn't, it was more interesting. It was more meaty. (laughs) So that's how I ended up going down that route. Thanks to my mentor. Yeah. And when you're doing that, you're reuniting families. And uh, what did that mean to you at the time? And and does that still have an effect on your day to day now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. After Patent Boggs, uh, I never worked in big law as an attorney. I ended up working in boutique firms in Miami and in Houston. And so it's a different clientele. And I am so grateful for all the lessons I learned from a small work environment and the types of clients that we, that I handled. Um, And yeah, I, I learned how to deal in that small law firm environment. I learned how to be compassionate, more compassion towards my clients. And it's a skill that I bring now into my bar exam coaching. It's not a skill, it's a value. (laughs) A value, yeah. I mean, that's uh, there is not a single person that has been on the show that I can think of that has not, without being cued or asked the question, brought out the value that you just referred to of helping other people. 
And I think that that in large measure is the greatest common denominator of success we've had with everybody on the show. Um, so I want to go just back to your bar exam coaching business. And right here, you say it, uh, on a mission to help the next generation of attorneys by helping them crush the written portion of the bar exam with your proven formula. Talk to us a little bit about your business, how people find you, and what can they expect when they use your services? Let me start by saying that I remember after I failed the bar exam, I was suffering. I was really embarrassed and it was a painful experience. It was one of the most painful experiences in my life. I thought everybody at the firm where I worked thought I wasn't smart enough to pass, basically. And so that's those are the people I want to help because I identify with that suffering and I want to help them take them out of that suffering and help them transition into a mindset and a space where they go and remember, go back to remembering who they really are and remembering that the bar exam is not bigger than them, than they are. They are perfectly capable of passing the bar exam. And so I teach them the mindset. That's the mindset side of things. And then strategy-wise, I teach them crush it on the written portion. And I'm going to show you a formula that you can implement to answer all these essays and performance tests and study properly. If the bar exam, if you're struggling to pass the bar exam, there's obviously some, um, you still need some more learning to do. So I'm going to, to, going to teach you how to study properly so you don't walk in there underprepared again. Would you, I mean, that's really, you know, interesting. I'm thinking of all the people that failed the bar when I went to law school, and some of them were on law review. These, these were not people who were incapable. Um, they obviously graduated college. They got themselves into a law school. They graduated and got a doctorate degree from the law school, yet they couldn't pass a bar. We hear the stories of people taking it three, four, or five times. How much of it do you believe is confidence and an emotional thing as opposed to an intellectual reason that they failed? Yeah. Yeah. I think 80 to 90% of the game is mindset. It really is. And I can give you the best strategy in the world, the best tools, the best coach, the best writing coach, you know, you name it, you have it. But if you're not in the right mindset and you don't believe that this is a possibility for you, then it's not going to happen. Yeah, let's zero in on that because I think that's applicable to a lot of things. So we had a we had an NCAA wrestling coach that said the same thing. You have to believe. Uh, other law students that are taking exams in law school probably can apply these tactics as well. Can we talk a little bit more about how do we address those concerns, those pressures? Yeah, I said you have to remember who you are and it's sort of society and our childhood experiences and maybe what your parents told you what you know the bully in fifth grade told you and so we end up believing things about ourselves that aren't true and so it's peeling away those layers and getting to who you really are and who god made you to be and you are infinite potential if you really have this in your heart and you really want to get this done there's no reason it's not going to happen for you 
So I see my clients just like I see my 10 year old son. He's infinite potential. There's nothing he can't do. He hasn't been to law school yet, but I know that if he wants to pass the bar exam, he's going to pass the bar exam. Mm. And that's how I see my clients. Mm. So uh, affirmations, positive affirmations, positive self-talk, reminding yourself that you have what it takes. Yes, I, I guess you're trying to um, drag out the process and the process is so um, personal. But yes, mm. it's more um, being self-aware of the areas where you don't feel good enough. Why is it that I don't feel good enough and I don't feel worthy and I don't feel deserving of being an entrepreneur, of being a podcast host, of being an attorney, of being, you know, whatever it is that you want to be? Yeah, that's it. it. It's just amazing to have you on. I mean, that's part of my TEDx talk is your, I call it the deathbed confession or your summation of your life at the very end. Um, so many people I know have lived a life of regret. When I was a, an emergency medical technician, uh, my life is meaningless. I didn't do anything. I was afraid to take a chance. Somebody told me I couldn't do it. The limiting thoughts we have in our own head. And I, I was a young teenager listening to people you know, who were sick and um, they were going for long-term care for cancer treatment or dialysis and things of that nature. And yet I, I would have a, a small group of those people who were resilient, who accepted where they were at, felt that their life was meaningful. It was fulfilled. They took chances even if they lost. And it started me on this path all the way to this TED Talk where it's it's really your mindset about how – it. Those people probably suffered those losses or failures to do certain things because they limited themselves. The other people may have failed at it, but they, like we use the Teddy Roosevelt quote, they dared greatly even if they failed. So they felt their life was meaningful. So there's probably a lot of that that you're talking about here. Yes. And I think the best, the best way is life. Uh, throws obstacles at you. But I guess the best way to learn these things is when life throws obstacles at you. And you have two options, you either either, you know, crawl on a on the floor in a fetal position, and you call it quits, or you do the opposite and really pull from where you can to gather your strength and keep going. And I had a personal experience in my family in 2018. And that was another um, big changing and defining moment for me and seeing my sister and her family, how she handled it and how she is thriving because of it. And she didn't, you know, um, lock herself up in a closet and she did the opposite. Yeah. Uh, well said. Dave, I, we don't, we don't have a lot. Yeah, no, I, it resonates with me. It resonates with us, our business, a lot of it. I mean, look, uh, the challenges are going to come. You know, a crisis is going to come. COVID came. Who would have ever anticipated that? And they're going to come. So it is about, Bob, what you're saying, the resilience of getting through these things. Um, what what an exceptional point to make, guys. Yeah. So, Johanna, I, it, it, I'll just I'll leave a point on this. I spoke to, a, a, was out with a couple of people uh, last night and um, two children witnessing the same exact horrific thing in their lives. One went in a positive path of resiliency and I'm not going to let this overcome me. And the other one didn't. And I couldn't help but think just what we're talking about right now. It was the mindset 
of the individuals that made the difference as to how they were going to confront and overcome or not that same exact situation. Johanna, I have to have you back. Um, how can people find you? My on Instagram, Johanna Bar Exam Coach, and on LinkedIn, I'm really leaning into LinkedIn these days. Johanna Romero Baca. Send me a DM. I'd love uh, to help. Awesome. Okay. Thank you very much. You listen to WMTR Radio. Something about the truth. Bob Bianchi, Dave Bruno, every Saturday, 1030 on the radio show. Dave, the podcast. Nothing but the truth podcast.com is where we put all the videos from all of our interviews. Uh, we're over 60 episodes, Bob. It's been such a success. Wow. And we're getting so much feedback from so many of you that listen to us regularly. So we appreciate everybody out there that's listening and watching. And if you miss an episode, nothing but the truth podcast.com is the place to find it. Johanna, thank you so thank much. Thank you, for your Bob. Time. Thank, thank you, Dave. It's been a pleasure. Thank I love being here with you guys. Thank you so much. We're the Bianchi Law Group, a team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys. But here's the thing. He put himself in a box when he said... My Relied on by CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, Law and Crime, and news leaders across the country for our criminal defense expertise. You get a search warrant. You have to have probable cause that a crime's been committed and there's evidence in a particular place. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law Group today.